show. You know what you're not ready for? Galactus, as we talk about Kate Chronicles episode number 42, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. From 2007, this is January 19, 2020. I am Mike, and I am found on the interwebs all over the place. We'll get to that toward the end of the podcast. <laughs> and I have with me Carrie. How's it going? Um... It's going pretty good. I'm I'm running on like maybe five hours of sleep, so everything's awesome. Carrie was up drinking and partying all night. No, I was not partying. I was playing I was playing board games. Okay. I came with I came within spitty distance of maybe winning at Carcassonne. I almost heard a maybe. carcass, and I was like, "What game were you playing? In <laughs> what graveyard?" <laughs> No, I was playing. I was playing Carcassonne. I was playing Carcassonne. Um, my oldest, my oldest friend in the world. Her husband and I tend to team up and try to take her down, and it has not. It has not worked yet. We own that game. <laughs> but we are. But we are getting there. Every time I pick that game up, and I open the box, I get intimidated by the number of pieces. So I put the lid back on and I put it away. Um, that's the, that's never been our problem. Our problem has been that two of us are women and the board tends to uh, expand in directions that are not conducive to staying where they're supposed to be. You keep knocking the pieces over. <laughs> nobody ever plays yes. board games with me because I just want to play Monopoly all the time and nobody wants to play Monopoly. Aww. I'm too intimidated by money. <laughs> I think well, I don't care. I don't think I think I don't care enough about money. You could play to, Zelda to... Monopoly. It's 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 not money. It's rupees. Oh, even better. Okay. Isn't that like Indian oh, yeah. Monopoly? But that person who doesn't <laughs> care about money is Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. She's intimidated by money. There's a difference. Andrea, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. I've gone a whole entire week without going to work because we had a huge winter kerfuffle here so i'm excited to go back to work yay and fred how are you i'm doing really good really happy to have andrea with me at home all week it was fantastic i was gonna ask you if you survived are you okay he has all his limbs that's pretty good (laughs) do we do we need to send help most Either of the time you do. Blink, blink, Fred, blink twice if you need help. <laughs> Send us pizza. <laughs> oh, you know what else you don't want to blink twice at because you're going to miss it is if you go to randomchatter.com slash community <laughs> and click on that Discord link so you won't miss anything that we talk about in Discord. And if you just can't get enough of us in our main lobby and all of our other channels you or our podcast channels, you can for just a dollar a month become a member to help our network out and you get all the show channels and every other channel unlocked um, that we're all gladly a part of on there as well so check that out randomchatter.com slash community well again we're going to talk about Cape, we're going to talk about Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer so I cannot wait to see what everybody's thoughts are on this um, phenomenal Marvel movie the movie before it's time and uh, we'll get right into that after Fred gives us a summary of this movie let's dig on in alright okay so everything seems to be going great for the Fantastic Four we won't talk about the four missed weddings but anyway Reed and Sue are finally <laughs> getting married and things could not seem better however however, when the mysterious Silver Server crashes things they learn that they will have to deal with an old foe and the Powerful planet-eating Galactus. Bum ba bum. That, that, that Carrie, who sounds, made the movie? Sounds rough. Okay, so where'd it go? So this movie was was distributed by 20th Century Fox. May it rest in peace. Um, with a runtime of one hour and 32 minutes, rated PG. Released on June fifteenth, two thousand seven, with a budget of one hundred thirty million. Opening weekend, it only made fifty eight million, and the lifetime domestic gross is one hundred thirty one point nine million. Ouch! At, at least it didn't lose any money domestically. It, it, it recouped its true. budget. That is true. Uh, worldwide gross is two hundred eighty nine million. 
Um, for Rotten Tomatoes scores, the critics gave it a 37% out of 170 reviews. And the audience gave it a 51% out of 1.3 million uh, reviews. So, so what you're saying is... If the audience Last... liked it better than the critics. Well, if Last Jedi divided the fandom and Rise of Skywalker divided the fandom even more, the fandom is definitely half and half on this movie. Yeah, pretty much. The math, it works. Hey, I'm there. <laughs> I, I am all about some math, yo. Two plus two does equal five on some cases. It does. We won't get. We won't get into. <laughs> oh, anyways. So what's uh what's going on around the movie and uh, some rankings we got here, Miss Andrea? Oh God, no, please. All right, so all-time domestic superhero, it is ranked sixty-two um, out of what I don't really know right now. Um, all-time worldwide superhero, it's sixty. All-time worldwide gross is five hundred and twelve. All-time domestic is 470, and top 2007 domestic was 18. Um, when it comes to movie competitions, three weeks before, um, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End premiered. One week before, Ocean's 13. And two weeks after was Ratatouille and Live Free or Die Hard. That's the non-Christmas <laughs> one. Yes. So it definitely yes, sounds yes, like yes. it was against some pretty serious competition, uh, especially with uh, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. That series was really taken off at that point. And uh, Ocean's 13, also a pretty decent movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Pirates movie was the third movie in the trilogy, so um, people were that was probably more or less the one people were fighting against. And then Ratatouille was not that bad. I don't know how good Ratatouille did in theaters, but I liked that movie. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, So a little bit about the cast and crew and stuff. Uh, Tim Story directed this. He also directed the the other one, Shaft in 2019, and Barbershop. Um, We had the same main cast from the first one. Um, uh, Ion Gruffid, Jessica Alba, Chris Evans, Michael Chiklis, Julie McMahon. Um... So, I mean, we really don't really need to go through all their stuff. We pretty much know where we see them all from. We've, we simply, if you didn't, hey, you can go back and listen to the Fantastic Four when we did uh, from 2005 and to, from who knows how long ago that one was. Um, <laughs> the the only other new-ish one that we got in this one uh, was Doug Jones, who played Silver Surfer. However, he was voiced by Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. That's true. You know... When I saw the notes and saw that Doug Jones was the one that played Silver Surfer, he has a very unique voice, and I was like, "That's not him." So that makes sense. No, yes. I I remember I remember when this came out, there was a they when they when they announced that Lawrence Fishburne was going to do the voice, um, that was a thing. And keep in mind that this was um, this was after Hellboy, but before Hellboy two. And for Hellboy, um, so, um, Doug Jones didn't do the voice for Abe Sapien. Oh. Uh, he, he didn't do the voice for Abe. He didn't. He it wasn't his voice doing Abe Sapien until it's until Hellboy two. So maybe they just they they thought that the Silver Surfer needed a voice with more gravitas. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. When I was listening to Lawrence Fishburne speaking, all I can hear with his same mannerisms, same tone, and same speed of speech was Morpheus. Morpheus, Neo? absolutely. Um, Morpheus. Matrix. Yeah. Morpheus, yep. Yes, definitely. I'm glad about the only one who thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought he was going to come down and like, and like like looked at it Sue Storm when he kind of flew down in the woods at her and say red pill. Blue pill. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, yeah, but I mean. Lawrence Fish, Lawrence Fishburne has a very distinctive voice, much like yeah. um, Patrick Stewart or D- James Earl Jones or yeah, yeah. Peter Cullen, yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, you, he, it's a very recognizable voice, even if it's not doing what he is famous for. So that I that it's not surprising that they would um, that that could be confusing to people, right? But, but, for Doug, Doug, but Doug Jones on his own is amazing. 
Right, and if you do want to hear Doug Jones talk, again, you can see him as Saru in Star Trek Discovery, uh, Billy Butcherson in Hocus Pocus, Deadbolt in Arrowverse, and uh, we already mentioned Hellboy, and then Cochise in Falling Skies, which is a really cool show if you haven't seen it. I love that show. Among other really things. Good. And if, if you want to see him be creepy and not say anything, he was Sam's in the him. episode Hush from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that too, yes. He is one of the gentlemen. Fred, did you say you've seen Falling Skies? Yep. One of my favorite shows. I love that show. That was great. Uh, Composer was John Ottman, who did the X-Men movies, Superman Returns, and Bohemian Rhapsody. So that's just a little bit about the cast and crew. So we don't really have a hero-ish to talk about, but we do kind of have somebody that Fred's going to talk about here that... um, was kind of in this movie. We didn't. Do, we've already did the Fantastic Four. I think in the last time we talked about him, but this is kind of a newish member. So, so yeah, I don't want to say origin of a hero, but let's say origin of a silver Silver Surfer. Um, he was created by Jack Kirby and first appeared in the Fantastic Four comic number forty-eight, which was released March nineteen sixty-six. Uh, the Silver Surfer is a humanoid alien with metallic skin who can travel through space with the aid of a surfboard-like craft. Originally a young astronomer named Norn Rad on the planet of Zenla, he saved his homeworld from the planet devourer Galactus by serving as his herald. Imbued in return with a tiny portion of Galactus's power, um, cosmic, sorry, with a tiny portion of Galactus's power, cosmic, uh, Rad acquired vast power a new body, and a surfboard-like craft on which he could travel faster than light. Now known as the Silver Surfer, Rad roamed the cosmos searching for planets for Galactus to consume. When, he travel- when his travels took him to Earth, he met the Fantastic Four, who helped him rediscover his nobility of spirit. Betraying Galactus, the Silver Surfer saved Earth, but was exiled there as punishment. Oh, cool. Silver Surfer. So He's that's interesting. not very I've- exciting. I- well... I must say, though, from his origin, from 1966, it's very similar to what happened in this movie, barring the end where it just says he was exiled. Because in the movie, he he's ki- he you know he kills himself, but it's very. Well, we all know he he, and, and again, and we as we were discussing on you know DC Talk, we know, you know these are comic book movies that people don't stay dead. Right, but we know his name is Norn Rad in the movie. Mm-hmm. He obviously. You know, went helped Galactus to save somebody he loved. He's given the craft that's from Galactus, and he eventually turns on Galactus, and he is the herald that Galactus yeah. sends forth. So, of course, I always got the vibe. My problem is after watching Crisis on Infinite Earths, I kept thinking of um, Pariah the whole time he was playing for a while on because Pariah always went before the Anti Monitor before that before he consumed that universe. And, yeah. and Harold, so I, I kept thinking of Pariah the whole time. I kept thinking of Silver Surfer. So, anyways, well, it, it's a sim- Pariah has a similar vibe to Silver Surfer in that in that respect. Right. All right. Until until Silver Silver Surfer declares his independence, it kind of gives me the feeling that I, I don't mean to to call this down or anything, but just kind of harkens back to a simpler time back in 1966, where you can be a little bit more vague with your, your stories and you just accept uh, a bad guy or uh, a character for being the character. You don't need to have a very detailed backstory and all that. And I, I kind of find, yeah. I kind of find that refreshing. Yeah, well, I, I agree. And Thanos was kind of like that too, though. If you looked at him too, he didn't really have a very complex backstory. It's he saw his home world get destroyed because there were too many people. He had a mission to get the stones Erase half of the human existence. End goal. I mean, that's that. That's what he wanted. It was a very simplistic yeah. backstory. We don't need a, a a prequel movie to where did Thanos come from? Thanos as a young person on his own. Right. We don't need that. Yeah. We 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 knew his intentions. Well, and the same goes for Superman. Like his story was pretty simple as well. He's coming yeah. from a planet. His parents want to save him. It's being destroyed, and he comes to Earth. And here he's stronger than a normal person. And he meets up with uh, Chloe and and right. um, and and yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've been on a I've been on a Smallville binge, so say. I've been watching a lot of Smallville, and 
Because <laughs> why not? Smallville, so, um, um, like Fantastic Four, were both filmed very close to here. Very cool. Ooh, so Smallville, Smallville was filmed probably about um, 15 miles from here, 20 kilometers. And then uh, Fantastic Four was filmed um, in the building next to where I work. Nice. Oh, that's yes. cool. That's awesome. Uh, so, Miss Andrea. Yes. Is this the first time you ever saw this movie? No, unfortunately. I had to relieve all the painful experiences again. Painful? So... <laughs> Not as painful as rock slides, but we'll get into that in a little bit, too. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> the first time I saw The Silver Surfer was when, I, when it came out, because when I was little, I really enjoyed The Fantastic Four. And it was an okay movie to watch. So we were like, hey, let's watch this one. And it was the biggest mistake my parents ever made. Oh, dear. Hmm. They really did not like okay. it. And I share the same sentiment. Mm-hmm. Carrie? What about I, you? I mean, I knew this. I knew because I was kind of plugged into the, the you know, comic book movie, you know, news at the at the time i knew that they were working on it i knew that doug jones was gonna was going to be playing the surfer um i knew of galactus and the and the silver surfer um but at the point where the movie came out i wasn't going to theaters as much so i never got out to see it i think i eventually found the dvd in the bargain bin and (laughs) picked it up and i don't know how long it took me to actually watch the movie Originally, I, I mean, I've seen it several times, but I, um, I, I have this bad habit of picking up DVDs with plan- and that I plan to watch at a later date, and then just forgetting that I have them until I go, "Oh, hey, I haven't seen this." That's Fred with video games. This. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. Oh, that's, that's, that's me with that's me with books as well. <clears throat> like, oh, hey, I have this. I need to read it. Eight years later. Eight years later. Yes. Fred, what about you? When did you see this movie? So, after watching the first one, I thought the second one couldn't be worse. I thought it was going to be better. I thought they'd be building off the first story. Um, so I was a little bit excited to go see this when it first came out. And then everyone else saw it and talked me out of it very, very, very quickly. And <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I ever saw it in the theater um, and probably didn't see it for quite some time. I think I might have watched it on television at some point because some of the scenes seem a little bit familiar but um, no I I don't remember watching the whole thing and if I Hmm. did I didn't care to I think I think I bought this movie I I did I have a it was a two pack movie and uh, this one came with it and this was only the only exposure I ever had to the Fantastic Four um, before this point so the first one I was not I was you know went terrible Uh, this one <clears throat> so I'm going to kind of float the line here and it may upset some people but Uh-oh. this one um, so it's got it's bad moments like some terrible moments some very childish moments um, but I've seen worse we've all seen worse we've yeah we we have seen it for the MC, for a Marvel movie at the time, now understand where I'm coming from. I'm saying Marvel-ish Fox kind of a movie. Um, we are coming right off of Spider-Man three, where where Fox kind of crapped a little bit. This movie wasn't <laughs> terrible, but it wasn't great either. But I would I rather some see people... Spider-Man three than this. Uh, oh, I, I, I. I... I could go it's either way. It's a bit way. of a toss-up for me. So I, I, I could go, I could I could go, go either with way. either one. It, if it, I had a choice. But it wasn't... It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. Like, if it's yeah. on and I want to watch it, or if it's on TV, I'll, I'll turn it on and watch it. It's Does it have its issues? The only time I realized it had its issues was later on when I started learning more about the Fantastic Four and the people who were in it. I've watched this movie multiple times since I bought it back in like 2007, 2008 on DVD. Um, and once I've started to learn who these people were, I'm like, uh, yeah, that one didn't quite play right. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that one kind of is kind of, 
you know, screwed the pooch on that one. But <laughs> screwed the pooch. Screwed the pooch on that one. But it was just kind of, yeah, I'm kind of fifty-fifty on it. But um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, we could talk about it in a little bit about where we kind of rank this movie as far as in our own hearts. But yeah, I, I've seen worse, but I definitely seen better. Um, there is a current movie in the MCU that I enjoy this movie more than that MCU movie. It's uh-huh. Iron Man 3. It is not Iron Man 3. I like Iron the Man Iron 2. Man movies. I'm guessing you're going you're gonna to see Captain Marvel, aren't you? Um, It's a toss-up between Captain Marvel and Thor The Dark World. Interesting. How dare you? I'm channeling Lizzie at the moment. How dare you? I know. Cap- Captain Marvel wasn't terrible, but I just felt like it was... We, you know, we've talked about this before. Wrong place, wrong time. Should mm-hmm. have been sooner. This but, podcast but is yeah. actually a pretty interesting case study that we're going through. Like, we're watching all the different superhero movies, and we're literally watching all of them. Um, and yeah. as we're going through time, we're seeing the movies are going through their growing pains and are getting stronger and yes. stronger and stronger. Um, they try different things, and you could tell, like, Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire. That one worked out pretty well. And you see this one didn't yeah. really land as well as they thought. So it's still working through. And, and about a year from now, we will hit, and not in our time, but in the um, release dates, we'll hit Iron Man 1. And it, I think that's when it really starts to, to take off. They yeah. find their magic, and they're able to find... Uh, the best way to deliver these to audiences. Agreed. I, I agree. And, you know, like you said, it was growing pains. When you look at this movie, you see Marvel having their struggles right now. You okay. see Marvel really, even Fox, I know it's a Fox property, but you see Marvel properties really struggling to find their footing. You know, because we, we've already talked about The Incredible Hulk. And and they're mm-hmm. having the now when they hit Iron Man, they do. They, they hit the right notes. But at this moment, you kind of see DC movies are not really growing pains because you're having Batman Begins, Batman, you know, The Dark Knight, and you're having... So they're hitting their stride, but then they they hit their growing pains. And now they're on their uptick. So it, it is. It is interesting, this progression of movies from where, you know, we started with Superman from 1978 to where we're at now. Completely different ball game. Right. Oh, yeah. Agreed. And where we so, will be years from now we'll 30 years from now when yeah. we finally catch up <laughs> <laughs> oh dear gods <laughs> wow uh yeah yeah i don't i don't know i don't know if it's because i have less of an attachment to the fantastic four um as a group or just as the characters i i know i don't have i have more i think i have more attachment to franklin richards but that's because i used to read spider girl and and he was, uh, and he was uh, one of um, Mayday's uh, friends. Um, but I don't hate any of the Fantastic Four movies. They're all they're fine. I think that my biggest nice. issue with the Fantastic Four is that I can't relate to any of the characters at all. Whereas, like, with Iron Man or the Black Widow or Captain America, there is something human about them that you can relate to. And I just don't find that with these four characters. Well, two of them are super geniuses. One of them is a pilot that also knows... I'm a super genius. (laughs) So there, you relate. There you go. No, I know. evil super genius. Yes. There's there's one that's an evil super super genius that you can relate to him, right? No. Uh, Okay, never mind. Uh- <laughs> but so, so let's let's talk about the characters then. So, kind of a segue into what we kind of thought about the the the, the story, the characters, that kind of thing. Um, one of the growing pains I think we saw was Chris Evans in this movie compared to his Captain America movies. Now, I think he did phenomenal in Captain America. I think that's his best role he's had in the superhero um, uh, uh, um, um, arena. But mm-hmm. I was not hating on his younger Chris Evans persona as a Human Torch in these movies. No, I, th- I wasn't either. I think he played the Human Torch pers- character persona very well as Johnny Storm. I think so too. Yeah, and and you got to see a bit bit more depth from him, especially you know, 
you know, when he's, you know, going to give give Sue away, and then at the very end when when he when Sue was dead for a bit, and you got to see him be a little more serious. Yes. At times. And not and, 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 and not and, not the immature kid all the time. And not wear the spandex with all the spar- with all the sparse, uh, sponsorships on on the front oh, of it. Oh <laughs> God! He, he, like this, you're the you're the Fantastic Four, not NASCAR. I was just thinking that. Yeah. So, you know, the, speaking of, of Johnny, we 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 I've got some quotes, and I know Andrea's got some quotes too on this. Okay. <laughs> so, so. When they take Reed out to the club, uh, he said he he promised Reed, okay, no, no, no exotic dancers, and he said, no, they're not exotic dancers. They're just hot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just a typical one. And then you got, and he looks at the 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 lieutenant, the female lieutenant, and he says, were you just waiting outside the bathroom to catch me in a towel? And oh he just gosh. dries off real quick. It just sizzles his body, just <laughs> dries off, so and. <laughs> and then he's talking to uh to to Ben and he's talking about so how do you and um you know and, <laughs> and he he said I'd hate to wake up one morning and find out she was killed at a rock slide. <laughs> so bad. I I mean I mean it's a fa- I mean it's a fair question but still like wow just... you had to go there. His lines in this movie and in these movies were just, I mean, just cringeworthy on some of them, and some were just absolutely just funny. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, he has, like, there. some of my they're favorite there. lines. They're just so cringy and stupid. Right. Well, and when, when he's got, like, the power, when his when his cells and his molecules are, like, fluctuating and Ben touches him, he's like, come on, we're supposed to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the last person to say, "Come on, we're supposed to be hey, serious." You know what? You know what? You know what, Johnny? Turnabout's fair play, uh, and <laughs> it's your turn now. Karma's so. a vis- vicious. Um, I can't say that. I can't say it well. Yes, I don't, want to, I don't want to bleep you, Carrie. I'm not gonna make you bleep me. I hope. Yes. Um, I. I didn't mind the opening. I thought the cold open with Galactus ripping apart the planet was. I thought that was um, cool was pretty cool and it kind of set a great tone for the movie i was shocked and i asked this question discord that when i saw that stan lee and kevin feige were both executive producers on this movie well stan lee's been executive producer on lots of the movies well that's not the one i was really in most interested in i was most interested in the fact that kevin feige was um a producer on this movie i thought that was i thought that was pretty interesting to me it was because sitting right where we know, where we see him now, and I bet he's thinking yeah. in his mind. You know what? I bet I can redo another Fantastic Four movie now that we own the properties. Yeah, <laughs> I think no I kidding, know what right? to do now. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, we need to get Chris Evans back to play the Human Torch again. No, on the new one. <laughs> yeah, I also really like the opening scene with Galactus. I thought that was pretty cool, ripping through the planets. Um, and I also like the ending scene with Galactus. I just didn't like a lot of what was in between. Yeah. Yeah. There was... I, I, honestly, I was a bit disappointed that we didn't actually see Galactus. Yeah. Uh, which isn't to say I didn't... Like, I, I, I thought the the effects for the cloud were really cool. Yes, of course. Uh, that was just amazing and completely freaky. But, yeah, I, I kind of had hoped that we would actually see Galactus... And I think I think that's what would if they had left if they had been able to do a third movie I think that's where we might might have gone. Possibly. Could be. I can't really put my finger on why I don't like this movie so much. I have a feeling it just was a little too jokey. Like it seemed the movie really? seemed like a joke. I don't know. I, I I felt like the first one felt felt like it had more jokes and, and kind of a jokey than the second one did. Like I just didn't get any seriousness from the actors. I didn't get any yeah. seriousness from the plot or from the story overall. It felt like Wedding Crashers, Silver Surfer yes. edition. Silver, yeah, I haven't Silver seen Wedding, Wedding Crashers. Crashers. That it it was just like everything revolved around the wedding. Thirty five minutes into the movie, it's all about the wedding. 
And they're not even married 30 minutes into the movie. It takes until the very end of the movie to get married. And it just felt like that was the overall thing of the movie. Yeah, the wedding things seem to take up a ton of the movie time. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like that was the main plot, and Galactus was the subplot. <laughs> right. It and it, it should have been the it definitely should have been the other way around. Um, I think they I, just I spent st- a little bit too much time on the wedding aspect of it at the beginning. Sure, use it as kind of like a, a launching pad or at least a subplot, but they just spent a little bit too much time. Yeah. Um, interesting I, I, note on... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go go, go for it. I was going to say, an interesting fact about the wedding scene. So you, when you're flying over the city, you kind of see that the the space that they're getting married on looks like a green space that's raised above the city a little bit. Well, where that's actually being filmed is outside my office window, and that is actually a parking garage. That's the top that's floor funny. of the parking garage. <laughs> of course it is. They did a good job transforming that. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Very good job. Uh, And then a lot of the scenes um, with, like, the elevator and the entranceway to the building and uh, where Jessica Alba was naked on the ground, that's all in front of the building that I work beside. And it's used in a lot of different superhero movies. Um, It's specifically called the Marine Building in Vancouver. It's a historic site. Very wow, cool. yeah, it's that's pretty cool. <clears throat> I I will say that this was probably this is one of my, if not my absolute favorite, Stanley cameos in so any sad. of the Marvel movies. It when he's when he's, he's 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 like, I should be on the list. What's your name, Lee? St- Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah, sure <laughs> Sorry, you so are. you're not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, it's probably absolutely one of, one of my favorite cameos uh, of Stan Lee that we get in any of the movies. It's just sad it doesn't belong in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, on a positive note, I did really love the Silver Surfer effects. I think they they went all out on a really good style with his effects as far as him riding the board, going under the board, upside down, when Johnny yelled show off. Um with him going into the building and then coming back out of the building really nice and into one. the bus and coming out of the bus, I thought yeah, that, the the effects were great. I thought his effects were absolutely amazing. Like I would love if I think those effects would even hold up in a today's Fantastic Four movie in the MCU if they did that. I agree. The way the way they did the effects on him, I do agree that the effects of Silver Surfer were done really really well. I also liked the effects of Johnny Blaze. I thought they pulled that off really yes. well. Um, the updates to the thing I thought were also phenomenal. Um, and Mr. What Fantastic. Hmm? What's jo- the name jo- of? Johnny Storm. Yeah, I was like, Johnny, Johnny Blaze Johnny is Blaze the Ghost Rider. <laughs> Sorry. No, see, I was going to say Johnny <laughs> Blaze was Tomb Raider, but that's not who I was thinking about. Ghost Rider. I was so confused. <laughs> good catch, good catch. Oh. Um, I, I thought the one that I didn't like the most was Mr. Fantastic. I thought his stretching um, yeah. form just wasn't... It didn't land very well. And then some of the other effects that were not related to the superheroes I thought were pretty bad. Like the helicopter crashing into the to the wedding scene. I thought that was done very, very poorly. Yeah. And they some said of the other that explosions that... and the, the Thames River draining and all that. I thought that was pretty bad as well. Yeah, I know they said that the helicopter was all the the blades on the helicopter were all CGI. Like obviously they're not gonna like wreck a helicopter on top of. Oh, well, you know, obviously of that it was. CGI. And it was kind. Of, but it was kind of obvious that it was CGI because it wasn't cutting up the 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 floor, right. the roof of the building. Like there's something wrong with that. There was no sparks. There was no dirt flying. There was. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of it, pieces it was, missing. It, that was the cle- that was one of the cleanest helicopter crashes I have ever seen <laughs> on film. That's true. Uh, my I, my issue is like how are how are the Fantastic Four flying public it, public airlines at this point? I mean, they should have like they should have had their own transportation a long time ago by now. But oh yeah, they need product placement. Oh, okay, yeah. So here's another <laughs> big criticism of the movie. You're right, absolutely. They'd be flying probably military. Um, mm-hmm. Because oh, except that they weren't working with the military at the, until until the very end. Sure, but okay, 
when they were flying in other parts of the movie, they should have been flying with the military, but they weren't flying with the military. But they're in Germany, and they're answering to the U.S. military, not to the German military. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> if they're in, and they, well, they, or they didn't even have uh, German German military in with the the, the U.S. military. They're they're acting. I mean, in I London. know there are I know there are U.S. bases in Germany, but I mean, come on. But they're acting um, in London as a military force. But yeah, no, that, that would never happen. Make a whole lot of sense. Well, no, they I, would. I, yeah, I, gotta, I would think that it, I would think that Britain would have a problem with that. Well, I, I I've got a question. When they went when they were at the airport in Germany, was there like was there a battle going on, or was it like messed up from a previous they battle? They weren't in the air, in the airport in Germany though. Oh 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 oh, oh. Mike. Oh. What? Mike Mike. We ha- that hadn't Civil happened Civil War. Yet. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that that haven't happened yet. I'm sorry. That gives a different. That, there there are multiple air, <laughs> airports in Germany, dude. I didn't I didn't know if they went to that one or not. You know, I don't know if they saw Cap or something floating floating around. <laughs> you know, hey, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> but but for, for that matter, it's like how does a commercial plane get off the ground with Ben on it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they had they had to reinforce the elevators. To get it to work with Ben in the elevators. The science. I, I mean, it Maybe didn't he make a whole lot of sense. Sucked it in. I don't, I don't know. know. Physics I, is and, only important and, when, when it um, serves the show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I think I think my biggest I think my biggest problem with with this version of the thing is he's still too small. Yeah. I I mean. I get that they they hadn't quite gotten to the CGI version of of the thing yet, but I always I always picture about the same size as Hulk. Right, that's kind of how I picture it as well. And it's like if if he's if he's proper size, he shouldn't he wouldn't even fit on the plane. So have y'all seen the new Fantastic Four movie? I have. No. Okay. See, I haven't. So I was trying to figure out if this one is better than that one. No, these two movies are better. I don't hate that one either. I but I don't hate that one either. I like I said, I I'm not as attached to the characters as I am to say, you know, Batman. Yeah. Oh, I so, I think I did see that movie. I don't remember it though. Well, that explains everything. It wasn't everything. great, but I didn't think it was. I I. I don't understand. I don't understand why people think I'm supposed to hate it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, we're gonna get to that one eventually too, right? Yeah. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty thirty-five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you've been mighty quiet, so I'm assuming that you really liked this movie. I just had a lot okay. of issues with how it all focused around the wedding. It was just very boring. I didn't like it. Um, they made, um, what's his name? Mr. Fantastic, just very dishonest. And it just not likable. Just, why not just be honest? And then they made, um, that invisible woman, Jessica Alba, just so needy and so just, like, not understanding that the world is gonna die. So I just didn't like it. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm trying to think because I, I I don't want to. Something was said about Jessica Alba on this movie. Like, man, she. There was a reason. Let's just be honest. There was a reason she she was on this movie. It oh, was yeah. not really to play Sue Storm. Or she the, was hired to she, put butts in the seats. That's pretty yeah, much. It, let's be honest. Yeah. Because sad. of her looks, that's the only reason why they had her naked on the street like they did is because they knew, oh, you know, they could advertise so, I mean, that was... she was naked in the movie, and right, and that just puts butts in the seats. But what they should have done is they should have taken her natural beauty and maximized on it, not make her a blonde with blue eyes. Like, I, not that I have anything against a blonde haired blue eyed girl, but it did not suit her. She looked it did, awful. It didn't suit. It didn't suit her coloring. No. no. Uh, it didn't suit her skin tone, uh, and I mean, it is true to the character. The 
character of Sue Storm is blonde and blue-eyed, but she's also not that tan. Uh, and I'm I'm trying to be careful with how I word this, but like I uh, like conversely, it's like I once dyed my hair black and I looked completely washed out. Oh, because I'm way too. It's pa- like me dyeing I'm my way hair too blonde. Pale. I don't. I am way too pale to pull off black hair. I would have rather them changed her hair color and eye color to fit the actress that they hired. I don't care if that she's black, white, Mexican. It doesn't matter as long as she looks good doing it. I think that the way that they mm-hmm. portrayed her was awful. Yeah. And and they gave her like terrible wooden lines. Yeah. To be honest, so that didn't help her either. I read something about her her hair um she was I, actually wearing I, a wig. Right, so, because when last time she had she had to bleach it for the first the movie. last time she did it, it was what it came out to be too too um damaging. Too blonde. Oh, I forgot too what it was. It damaged her hair. Yeah. So she refused to do it again for this movie. So she wore a wig, which is why it looked a lot bigger than it probably should have. And I think that's what really made the big difference. Because I don't remember her looking as bad in the first movie as this one, because it looked more no, she her didn't. hair her hair was paler in this one, which which didn't help. Um, I, there it I is. Honestly, yeah, I honestly thought I I was ambivalent about most of her scenes, but the the scenes between her and the surfer, I was there. I was on board for all of those. Like me too. She, like that was that was when you that was when you actually saw the character of Sue Storm actually be herself, and I I don't know if this is I don't know if this was just you know the writing of the time and like you know you know people pushing for you know you know they have to get married they have to get married in public and like like dude why didn't you just elope to begin with. Yeah. Right. Why did you have to wait until the end of the movie after, like, the fifth try to get a public cer- public ceremony? It's like, you, 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 the world is not going to stop ending because, because you have a wedding to go to. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of, uh, uh, of Jessica Alba again, um, in part of the movie where Reed is standing in the jungle and he looks at the general, and he says, no, you're going to do what I say, and here's why, you know, I'm this, 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 and I'm married to, I'm engaged to the hottest woman on the planet, and he points to her, and then one reason that that was referenced, they said, is because she had just been declared the sexiest female female alive just months before the release of this film. Really? So... Well, but also, but also I mean, that that's like every every like nerds dream right there is like you know say hey hey you know you used to be a you used to be the you're just the dumb jock that used to beat me up in high school but now i'm i'm the successful one i have the hot girlfriend i have i have all of this and you're gonna do what i say (laughs) because i I actually know what i actually know what i'm doing and you are the one who came to us for help so i have two things about that scene number one i felt that i feel like that was out of his character I agree. Number- I agree. I agree, but occasionally he has to, that. That was him to actually standing up for himself, and it, you know, you pushed him to he he got pushed a bit too far, and it's like, look, no, no, I'm going. I'm putting my foot down in this in this instance. Say no, this you're not going to treat us this way. I think I agree with you to some point, but I, I think you missed it a little bit. I think if he, he was being attacked personally, he would have still caved, but he is. Standing mm-hmm. up for his team, the group of them together. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Not he's just standing himself. up for his family. And I thought the the speech worked for the most part. Um, the nerds versus the jocks speech I thought was pretty good. Um, and referencing Jessica Alba as the hottest girlfriend ever, I thought was fine because it fit the speech, but maybe right. not his character for them in that moment. Uh-huh. That's that. I think that's probably what really threw me out of it was that part of the speech. You know, the second thing though about that scene that I really liked, or that I did like, was when she walked up to him after they left and she said, "I am so hot for you right now." And then Johnny comes up and says, "I'm pretty hot for you too." <laughs> yeah, that was great. I mean, just 
but uh, but also I, I but also it it it's not I don't think it was just because it was Jessica Alba that was in the cat that was cast because I think I think Sue Storm is supposed to be one of the you know hotter hotter you know women of Marvel it's like it's like she's up there she's up there with like Storm and She-Hulk and a couple other people as like you know the top top women or most like hottest women in Marvel or something like that yeah or at least she was or at least she was in the 90s I I, I found a couple of articles found a couple of list, um before they were called listicles you know a couple of you know wizard magazines going through you know the you know comic book women of the time and yeah she's she's up and she was like number one or number two at oh. one point hmm well anything else then before we kind of move into some some goofs and some plot holes we got for this movie it wasn't the worst movie it just i just felt like wedding took too much time yeah i think one of the things that really bothered me is earlier in the movie um reed he's he says to the general yeah i'm not going to take this job because the wedding comes first and you're like really seriously there's this major threat to the earth and you're too busy <laughs> yeah, I had I had a problem with that, and but I and mean, the fact he, that Sue he, believed saw, him at first. Yeah, but it, in a way, he was kind of like he was kind of like Tony Stark before we got Tony Stark. It's like, yeah, I I'm gonna refuse to do this, but you've al- you've already got me thinking about this thing, and I'm going to get I I because it's a worm in my head. I need to work on it, regardless of whether or not I have you know other plans right i tell you right now if i brought my cell phone to the altar and had that out i i would not be getting married <laughs> he would be at his funeral <laughs> <laughs> now if the position was reversed and andrew brought her cell phone out she'd be taking a selfie <laughs> <laughs> that's true i wouldn't be texting though maybe maybe oh and texting with what twenty fingers, you know, stretching all over the keyboard. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Well, uh, do y'all have anything else before we move on? No. Sweet. So. so Carrie. Yes. There's definitely some plot holes in this movie to a point. Yep. What are some kind of plot holes and goofs that we have in this movie? Okay, so continuity continuity wise, when the four are on the plane getting seated, there is a woman next to Ben Grimm's seat. Yeah. When Grimm sits down, she's gone. Immediately after, she's back in her chair. Where did she go? Since it's a window seat, there was nowhere for her to go. Yeah. Yeah. Notice <laughs> that. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. When. The team sees a short recording of Doom's encounter with the Silver Surfer. Sue stands up twice. I did um, not notice that. Yeah. When the team boards the plane in, in the beginning, they are shown to a double aisle, double aisle wide-body jet. Yet when you when you see the plane take off, it is shown as a Boeing seven thirty seven, which is a single aisle narrow body jet. Hmm. Oh, they had they had to get the camera crew in there, I guess. Um, as Von Doom lands his helicopter on the slab of ice to meet the Silver Surfer, the helicopter points toward the left side of the screen. But a few moments later, after the cut scene, uh, after the cut scene to, to the hole, the helicopter is seen pointing to the right side of the screen. And after another cut back to the hole, the color, the chopper is back to facing left. Hmm. Also, watch the speed of the rotors as Von Doom initially leaves the, the chopper. The blades are seen to be seen to be rotating slowly. When the uh, Silver Surfer later rises out of the hole, the blades have sped up considerably. Hmm. Um, when Johnny throws beer o- over the dartboard to extinguish the flames, it is seen as stained, but um, then is completely clean. Ne- uh, in the next shot. Hmm. I actually noticed that one. Yeah, so did I. This one I noticed because, yeah, weird. Um, errors in geography. <laughs> when setting up the machines for the tachyon pulse in the Black Forest in Germany, 
the thing that comes across as uh, they, the thing comes across a bear, which is in fact a grizzly. Uh, grizzlies are native to North America and only occasionally found in uh, Europe. They are not native to the Black Forest. Hmm. Factual errors. Uh, when the four fly in the open fantastic car at incredible speed, their hair is moving as if disturbed by a light breeze only. This is especially obvious with, with Sue Storm's hair. That was a very good wig. Oh, Uh, more continuity errors. Uh, When Johnny is in the kitchen talking to Ben before the wedding, he is not wearing his tux jacket, and you can see that he only has a T-shirt under his dress shirt. Yet when he leaps off the building to chase the surfer, after his clothes burn off, and he is wearing his Fantastic Four uniform, uh, which was clearly not under the tux at the time. And it was not the Fantastic Four uniform that has no, all the not. sponsorships on it either. That would have been funny. No, because, appar- <laughs> because apparently Johnny can be an adult and wear the correct uniform at sometimes. Um, when the Fantastic Four are hugging after the Silver Surfer de- uh, defeats Galactus, uh, Johnny hugs Sue in one shot, but in the next shot it shows Reed releasing a hug from Johnny. Well, maybe I didn't he notice that one. Just stretched his they arms. Hugged, they all hugged each and, other. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, plot hole. Uh, near the end, when Victor tries to spear uh, the Silver Sue Surfer and Sue jumps in front and activates her force field, then takes the spear in the chest. However, uh, Sue is substantially shorter than the Silver Surfer, and at the angle the spear hits Sue in the chest, and at the at the distance she is in front of him, it would have hit the ground before hitting the Silver Surfer. Sue died for no reason. <laughs> that dumb her, her force, her force field, like changed the directory, the trajectory of the spear, and it, I don't know. I mean, she should have known when the force field didn't work in the forest, though. Either way, that it wasn't going to stop this one because it's the same thing. She, she, but she, she had to try, right? So. Okay, so whatever happened to Victor? We know Johnny beat the crap out of him. He's he's uh, he's in the he's in the bay somewhere in Hong Kong. Going for a swim. Yeah, somewhere. he went for a swim. All right. Well, we had a little bit of behind the scenes, didn't we, Andrea? Yes. So, the only Stan Lee cameo in a Marvel film in which Lee's name is spoken out loud is The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Um, it was really cool to see it. Again, Mike loved it. I was very sad about it. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean I love? The whole movie or just a cameo? The cameo. Oh, I loved it. You were <laughs> sad. Was, why why are you sad? Because you were rejected. The guy should have said, right this way, Mr. Lee. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Jessica Alba. Oh, what were you going to say, Carrie? I said, that is true. They should have just, you know, said right, right this way, uh, Mr. Lee. That would have been nicer. <laughs> it would have been nicer. Um, Jessica Alba, upon receiving criticism up, about her performance in this film, said that the director, Tim Story, told her, it looks too real, it looks too painful, can you be prettier when you cry? Cry pretty, Jessica. Don't do that thing with your face. Just make it flat. We can CGI tears in. That's so rude. <laughs> that, is real, that is really crappy. <laughs> cry prettier. I could tell you right now, I do not cry pretty. So. <laughs> I don't think any girl cries pretty. No. Like, if I'm wearing oh. the bad mascara, I look like La Llorona. Like, my oh. eyes are black. So. Oh. Oh my. Anyways, the Cry studio pretty. hated Doctor Doom's makeup, so he remains hidden under a cowl in most of his early scenes. This was an inspiration from um, Senator Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Just kidding about the Palpatine part, but he did look like that. Yeah. Um, as a way of the promoting, no, sorry, as a way of promoting the film, 20th Century Fox brokered a deal with the Franklin Mint to produce 40,000 U.S. quarters with the Silver Surfer on the reserve. The U.S. Mint vetoed this promotion. Wow. (laughs) So, 
I can understand why they vetoed, but I think that would have been pretty cool, though. Yeah. I think they would have cool pulled it off. Collectible. I think they would have mm. pulled it off if it was Superman. Maybe if it was Captain Marvel. Maybe. Maybe. Sorry, Captain, not Captain America Marvel. or Captain America, something yeah. like that. A more yeah. prominent American superhero, I think that would have... That probably would have been enough to get the U.S. Mint to approve it. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Anyways. All right. Um, so. I don't know. Stan Lee, at around 19 minutes, uh, is a guest who... Ref- well, we already went through this. Yeah. So we don't have to go I did. over it. No. But the other, but the other, but the other one is, is, is Jack Kirby, who's turned away. Oh, he is also gets turned away? Yeah. Yeah, he and Jack Kirby are turned away from the wedding. Oh, okay. So hmm, take a okay. look. Watch the movie again. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, all right. We're going to watch it again, and we're going to do it again next week. Yes, of course. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, all right. So, uh, let's see. Last bit, then. Casting. Um... Digimon Hounsau, uh, Gary Sidisi, and Timothy Oliphant were all auditioned for the voice of Silver Surfer. Very cool. One of them played in Guardians of the Galaxy. Anybody know who that is? Yeah. He's, um... uh, He was Korath in Guardians of the Galaxy. Korath, yeah. Yep. Cool. Interesting. So, Rotten Tomatoes says... um, I had to go through all of the um, <laughs> rotten tomatoes to find three good ones and only stop at three. So Leona Lori from Geek Girl Authority said, it is inconceivable that this film has a higher rotten tomato scores than Electra. Damn. <laughs> Out. Wow. I don't know. Um, under that one. I don't know. I think, there, I think there's competition there. <laughs> there is. Not, uh, which is not to say I, which I think I, I think I'm on record saying I didn't hate Electra either. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be Carrie, everybody at randomchatter.com. <laughs> um. <laughs> Mike Sage from the Peterborough this week says somehow Jessica Alba's acting has taken a turn for the worse, and Chris Evans has the audacity to only take her shirt off for three seconds. <laughs> the <Damn>. bastard. <laughs> Ow. I know. Uh. Probably the best one that I've found on here was by Dana Stevens from Slate, said, an off-brand superhero movie, the cinematic equivalent of one of those generic breakfast series with a badly drawn squirrel for a mascot. Ouch. (laughs) Just wrecked the movie. All right, so we have two types of movie. Who added the other one? It was Andrea. I I know it was. I'm painting, bro. (laughs) Andrea added the second rating system. I know it was her. It was she her. probably haven't even seen no, it yet. She probably don't know what it is. I don't even know. It's what never it is. me. It's never Fred. Fred is always innocent. So out of the rating system, we have <laughs> one out of ten rock slides, <laughs> or one out of ten naked albas on the sidewalk. <laughs> but I'm I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carrie. You pick yes. whichever one you want, or if you want to do um, one out of ten uh, silver surfers or tachyon pulses or whatever you want to give it, the, what do you do? See, see, both of these are rather awkward, but I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give this a six rock slides. It, Ooh. like I said, I don't hate it. It, I can, I can rewatch it. It's fine. Um, you know, if it's something I, if I, just you know, want if I put it on and turn turn my brain off, it's it it something to have on in the background while I'm doing other stuff. Okay. And Fred, how about you? I am going to go with option number two. <laughs> so of course you are. I'm going to give this well, because I created it. I'm going to give this of course you um, sure. five out of ten naked albas on the sidewalk. Alright. So and I have and a lot you're of... sleeping on the couch tonight, right, Andrea? Pardon? I have a lot of... He's sleeping on the couch tonight? Oh, no, no, totally. (laughs) I have a lot of strong criticisms for this one, but um, if you take a step back and you just watch it and try not to be too hypercritical, it is a fun watch. Just fast forward through the wedding scenes. With 
well, that's like half the movie. Exactly. And it was only 90 <laughs> minutes. So that has a huge win for them. <laughs> All right, Andrea. Let's hear it. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10 Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers? <laughs> We're just going a bunch of different ways this tonight. <laughs> Nobody said that that was not part of it. Um... I didn't hate it. She has a point. It's watchable. I think that I gave it the same reasoning as Carrie. Okay. Okay. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Um, so I'm going to give it myself um, 5 out of 10. Um, how do you... Um, moments in the movie so y'all, y'all pick up on that in a second maybe what? 2 out of 10? I said 5 out of 10 how do y'all uh, Rock uh <laughs> in the movie <laughs> we have delved out a really bad hole here and um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I'll give it 5 it's not, it's not terrible I'm surprised Carrie gave it the highest rating out of all of us though but it, 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 I, I'm, it, I tend to be very generous with with movies. See, um, a, a five to me is I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's kind of right there. If it's on, I'll put some popcorn in and I'll watch it. I agree. Just kind of, kind of. Five out of ten so. means I'm gonna go try to find something a little better to watch. But if I scan through my 600 channels and I can't find anything, I'll put this one back on. There you go. <laughs> Until the next hour when, some, when, when something else comes on the TV guy that's a little better, then you can turn it off. I hear exactly. you. I hear you. So, in two weeks, we're going we're gonna to meet again, and we're going to talk about a very... Uh, the next two movies are very unusual. Uh, one of them is an animated movie, and one of them is an extreme CGI movie. <clears throat> and uh, it, is, it is a Disney property, but it is a superhero ish movie so our next movie we're gonna watch is dun 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 underdog from 2007 Uh, um oh boy is that copyright if i sing the theme song no i have no idea Okay. Well, we're going to watch Underdog here in 2000 from 2007 on the next movie. And then after that, we're going to kick it keep kicking it off with a animated movie, Justice League: The New Frontier from 2007. This is actually not a bad animated DC movie. It's actually one of their good ones. I like it. Well, a lot of them are good. Um, but this is one of my absolute favorite ones. They uh it's a different one, but it's good. It's good. So keep that in mind and we're getting really close to Iron Man super excited i am too hey maybe maybe when we get to iron man 2 or 3 we can um we could have the final debate that's been meaning to come between tim and lizzie um on the episode we can just let them hash it out for an hour on why mm-hmm. this one stinks and this one doesn't i'll just put my mic on so so we'll give it we'll give back. it to tim and lizzie and we'll the, the rest of us will just take the night yes off. so we get the night off on, on on that that week we'll let them this is their time to debate it out sure. <laughs> right on so all right well of all that being said fred why don't you take us away man so we want to hear from you. Did you like what we had to say about the Fantastic Four, Rise of the Sulfur Surfer, or do you have some other opinions? Did we miss something? We want to hear from you. Email us at capechronicles@randomchatter.com, or you can reach us on Twitter. Uh, you can reach us at Random Chatter, or you can reach us at Cape Chronicles, or you can reach us individually. Uh, Mike, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at the DC Fanboy. That's at the DC underscore Fanboy. And Carrie, where can we find you? You can find me at Carrie Blackfire 42 That's K-E-R-I Blackfire42. And Andrea? You can find me on Twitter at CatsBears. That's K-A-T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. And you can find me on Twitter at FreddyWantKenobi. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-W-O-N Kenobi. And of course, please spread the word about us and support us. If you find any of our tweets online, retweet them. We'd really appreciate it. Say all the good things that you love to say about us to everyone else that's around. Spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you could leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere else that you find our podcast, we'd really appreciate it. 
Um, any of the reviews that you leave, we will read them on the air. Uh, the music that you do here in this podcast is High Roller Mojo by Blue Stolly. And last but not least, as silly as this sentence sounds, all trademarks are owned by the respective owners. Thank you and have a great night. And Flame on. Don't. Flame on. <laughs> Watch out for rock slides. Cry prettier. Cry prettier. <laughs> oh my. All right. See y'all later. <laughs>